Hey, it's the RU Review brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. It's a full house. I'm Steve Titchener in our Jersey studio with Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. And guys, we're at the midpoint of the season. Uh, Rutgers 1 and 5, struggling a lot more than any of us uh, thought. What has been your uh, take on, on the first half? Stinks. Uh, the program is really way back on its heels. There's so many questions. The defense uh, defense can't stop anybody. The offense can't score any points, although they did a little better in that regard against Illinois. Uh, they are overwhelmed, and they're in big trouble because as you look ahead to the rest of this schedule, nobody expected them to do anything in the final four games. They're hoping they don't get crushed by 30 in each of those games. Can I start out with a positive? Sure. Their uniforms Please, on Saturday were in the blackout game. <laughs> Stellar. I thought they were great too. The I helmets were awesome with the hologram of the state of New Jersey. I thought it was really cool. But you know what? What they could have done is run out in the uniforms, let everybody take a look, and then run back into the locker room because it was another one of those mm. games where, listen, they played Illinois, who is five and nineteen in their last couple of years. They're a middling program. Lovey Smith is hanging on by his fingernails. And they just get pushed around and beat up and it's week in and week out. They make the same stupid penalties that set them back. Their their freshman quarterback, again, looks like a, a deer in the headlights. I mean, he spends half of his time, I know it's a minor point, but he never has his mouthpiece in his in his mouth. It's always <laughs> yeah. stuck in his helmet. John's focused on the details. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he must be so overwhelmed with what's going on in front of him that he forgets the most basic of things, is to put the bloody thing in your mouth. So listen, we'll talk about you know where they go from here, but it was just another one of those... Where, you know, did anybody get the license plate on the, the truck that yeah, ran us over? Yeah, but some of the problem here, too, though, is, as you said, Illinois is a middling program, and Lovey Smith is hanging on by his fingernails. But that's what the Big Ten is. Really strong at the top, and then a bunch of middling programs, and whoever has a decent year or a decent little run we'll of recruiting ball, yeah. and improvement, they beat the other middling teams. And Illinois has just taken, at least this year, a step ahead of Rutgers. I mean, that is the Big Ten. Nobody is catching the big boys, mm -hmm. and it's a matter of the other teams beating up on each other. That being said, Rutgers has a lot of things they need to work on. The question is, what do you do? He has had some help. Pat Hobbs, the AD, has done a lot of good in terms of raising money and getting the facilities improved. So that helps, right? Yes. So Chris Ash has had that benefit. But the new guy is going to come in, and he's going to inherit a shortcoming in funding. He's going to inherit a roster that's not his. So therefore, he's going to have a lot of turnover. He's going to have new players he's recruiting, and they're going to be young, and he's going to lose with some of the veterans. And I'm not saying you stick with a bad hand forever, but I don't know that you can judge Chris Ash. Last year, he was okay. They were one of those better middling teams, or they looked to be on the rise. Little momentum, yeah. He knows he's got work to do. I think you have to give him at least another year, and seriously, maybe two. 1-11, which is a real possibility, is going to be awfully hard to swallow. But there's a lot of work that had to be done to raise this program, and if they go back to square one... I don't know Look, that this is, hey, the future is much rosier. You're describing this, this vicious cycle, and here it is, right? I mean, we're in a position where, I mean, Ash, I mean, it's an impossible situation. What do you do? Uh, you know, he's, he's got $10 million owed to him. Um, 
they're in a situation right now where they had regressed surprisingly to many of us. I mean, look, I thought they'd at least be competitive in some of these games. Come on, Kansas and Buffalo, do we need to go there? Uh, you know, last week, I mean, I thought the Illinois game was a capper on the, on, on just how bad it, it, it's been and really where they are because last year they destroyed Illinois mm. at Illinois. Right. And then one year's time, and I get it, Lovey Smith, uh, what, did he start some 15 freshmen last year? Mm-hmm. Sure, they're a year older. But you would think that now Rutgers at home would be in, still in good shape in that situation. Well, and, you yes, know, going into the season, but where Rutgers is at now, like, do you yeah. think they were approaching that game with any sense that this is ours? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, no oh, way. Oh, oh, no, by no means. So, by, so now you... As, on, as the way the season unfolded, by no means. Yeah, so going into yeah. that game, they weren't favored. Going into that game, you, could, you uh, couldn't certainly really not. have thought they were going to win just because they won last year. But as Illinois. you look on, on a whole, this is how bad it's gotten. Uh, in, you know, 1-5 and five in the first half of the season here with the with the toughest part of the schedule coming up, which is the frightening thing here. Sure. And, you know, I mean, they and, really have two more winnable games, Saturday and then uh, Northwestern. Right. And Maryland's and been just, pretty good. We'll Maryland talk about has them been, later. Yeah. But, but here's good. the thing, right? And I, I, I kind of look at it the same way a little bit like the political morass that we're in, where everyone is firing bullets mm-hmm. and complaining about the other side and saying it's broken down. Okay, so somebody get a toolbox and start to fix things. Right. So what's the fix at Rutgers? Do you fire Chris Ash? What do you think, Steve? You want him fired? Look, I... I yeah, I, I think I'm going there. I'm going to where a lot of the fan base is going to because what I'm saying is that, you, you know, look, the you got your players and you got your system, okay? And these players, I get it. They need better players to compete in the Big Ten. But they're still, you got classes that are still in the 50s here, guys. They're losing to classes that were in the hundreds in Kansas and in Buffalo. You mean recruiting so, classes? Recruiting classes, that's yeah. what I mean, yes. Okay. So, I mean, so it, there are play now, that, and they also lost uh, a bunch of players. There's credit card scandals, a mess where they lost like eight players there. I understand lost the depth two of their issues best and all players that. In the first but game. I still lost can, two of their best defense defensive players I, in the first game. Okay, fine. So struggle against the best in the Big Ten, but not against Kansas and Buffalo. That's where I'm at. So, so three years in, yeah. he inherited an empty cupboard. Mm-hmm. He emptied a mess of a program left by Kyle Flood mm-hmm. with less facilities. With less money put into the program, and two and a half years in, after a decent year last year, mm-hmm. decent. Now you fire him. You still got to be competitive against Kansas and against Buffalo. I mean, I, I get it, you know. And look, look, let's look at Maryland. We're coming up, coming up against Maryland. Maryland, what have they done against Michigan? What have they done against Ohio State? They've been getting their butts kicked too. Goes back know? to my point at the beginning. Yeah. The expectations that you're going to be competitive with the big boys. No, that's understood. But Matt, we got to be competitive with Kansas. We got to be competitive. But we, last year you were. So what's the difference? The difference is, and I think it was alluded to perfectly by Politi uh, when we talked to him, is just that the lo- both lines are not good. And we know this. We see this with the Giants. And saw him last night with the Giants, you know, with their offensive line, oh, the struggles please. they have. And at every level of football, when your lines don't play well, you are not a good football team. Now, we were hoping. We thought I thought that the offensive line was going to be OK, but mm-hmm. they're not blocking. Perfect example was the Illinois game last year. They ran between the tackles like crazy. Now, get, granted, they had Gus Edwards. And that's a that's a lot of that's a lot yeah, of man. Blackshear's you know, a hell of a back. And, and yes, he is. But they could not run through the run between the tackles at all. And they couldn't really even get onto the outside. They really couldn't run the football. And so that much of a difference over one season with both lines, 
is is it personnel? Is it coaching? I think it's a little of both. But, but both lines are bad, and that equates to a bad football team because even if you have your skill position players, they can't get out in space. Well, it's so, true. If if you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run on the other side, that's a recipe for disaster, and that seems to be where they are right now. So, so if you if you bring in somebody new, who are you going to bring in? You, no, it's a good question, and you know what? I it's for for me. The finances at Rutgers or the state of New Jersey. I mean, what do I, I look? We're I have going broke, to, by the way. But that's uh, another yeah, story. understood. <laughs> yeah, but no, we no. need a new football coach. We Come on, we, we can't get our trains to go in and yeah. out of stations on My time. I understand that part, but I agree. Uh, you I'll can go find back to that vicious them. cycle. That, that ten million dollars should not be an issue. The, that vicious cycle that we're going into is now. How do we get recruits? How do we get recruits? Well, we don't know. See, With an empty stadium and a, and a poor product on the field. Well, here's the problem. I don't think Chris Ash has done a good enough job in being aggressive in terms of telling the story. The brand. He needs to brand it better. Right. So he's he's a little too even keeled for me. Mm-hmm. He was a little upset post game and, and rightfully so on Saturday, but mostly he's even keeled. I don't know. Do you know? Either of you guys know what he's telling the recruits? Has he told the recruits, look, it's going to be a long road, but you're part of a successful journey here. The guys who have committed, the guys who are there. Look, I agree they have not shown any progress this year. But what I'm saying is we don't know what the message is. What Chris Ash needs to do is pound his fist once in a while and say, God damn it, we're going to get this thing fixed. Mm -hmm. I am in the trenches. I am working my ass off. We are going to get this thing turned around. He hasn't done that. It's part of a process. We're working. There's a lot of issues. We have injuries. We have young teams. Hey, he needs to set a tone that this is this ship is being turned around. That's a problem to me. But I still think you could bring in Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And, maybe, and, and maybe, maybe Chris Ash is not go. a good coach. I don't know. Chris Ash may not be a good coach. Here's, We've discussed the fact that he's gone through now three offensive coordinators in three years. So maybe maybe he can organize a program. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I just don't think after a year in which there was light, some light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. and it has turned around completely, and it's bleak now, that you suddenly say, hey, we liked you. You're, you might be the guy for the job. But we're 1-11 and you're out. I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know if that works. The expectation, I think, going into this season was the same or better. The same or better. Now, if he won four games, different story. Now, why I'm not definitive here, Matt, is because I don't even know, and I asked uh, Eric a couple weeks ago, what's going on in that locker room? And Eric said, you don't know unless you're in it. And I want to know if these players are still buying in. Because if he lost that locker room, then I say he has to go. If he didn't lose the locker room, it's a different story. And then what? Let's talk about the second half of the season. What can save him? And what can save him is if he if he is you know look if it's going to be one and eleven make sure it's a competitive one eleven with some guys playing oh, that, hard that and with some sailed. fire that ship has sailed they're they're twenty five under twenty five point underdogs to Maryland Matt. Maryland hasn't been this okay. favored over an FBS school since in Boomer size twelve was years <laughs> so okay. they're not they're, by the way they might be competitive tomorrow who knows there could be a surprise Matt we're we're looking at the potential look at this we're looking at the potential of six blowouts no question if there is six blowouts where they don't even belong on the field what else can be done a couple at the of end them of the at home as well so what I'm saying though is if you fire him. You better have another answer. And by the way, if you fire him, it's going to be another three to five year cycle. So you're looking at now. Well, the mindset there, Matt, is anybody but him is the mindset after that. I don't, I don't, and I don't know if that's the right answer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know that you can judge after this brief 
period of time. I do say this year, barring a, a miracle, is going to be a disaster. They're going to be 1-11 in 11 most likely. Mm-hmm. So that's on his record. That's on him. These are a lot of his kids. However, let's see what next year brings. And then if you don't see any of the kids he's brought in, that he's put his faith and trust in, if you don't see any development from Sitkowski, if you don't see Pacheco developing, if you don't see something out of the other guys, right, the younger players, then you could say, A, he's not able to recruit at a high level, but the truth of the matter is who's coming to Rutgers at this point. You're not getting a lot of five-star recruits, but he hasn't developed players. Then you start focusing on the coaching, and then you start to say, we need to look somewhere else. I just don't know that right now, as embarrassing as it is, that's the move you make. Well, I'll close the Chris Ash controversy this way. I was am a supporter, was a supporter. In other words, You're I'm wavering. starting to lean. I'm wavering and starting well, to lean the, the other way. But I don't have a definitive. I, it's incomplete. I got to you know we got to go to the end of the season. I don't believe ever in in making a move in in, in the middle of a season. Oh, that, yeah, that's that was good. That's not good. That's change, not yeah. absolutely not going to happen. But we've got to evaluate the second half of the season. They've got to show some competitive fire. And by the way, if you do fire him, don't underestimate now what's going to happen through the coaching ranks. Somebody will take the job. There's always a defensive coordinator, an OC who wants it. They need a program person. They need someone who's been a head coach at this point. I think that, you know. So, so you're going to get a guy to come in and he sits there and goes, hmm, Rutgers just fired this guy after really basically two and a half years. Mm-hmm. What well, does that say about Rutgers' commitment find a guy. to the build? So yeah. I better win right away. I better take his players. Mm-hmm. And win right away. Because in two and a half years, this fan base, which is weak to begin with because they haven't won. And I say weak not because they can't support the team. They won't support the team. Why support a losing team? But this fan base, this alumni group, this media representation is going to want me fired because I didn't win after two and a half years. The arrow's got to point up. The arrow's got to point up. They were four and eight last year. Come on. You got to build so on one that. Step so back. It's another step back. Listen, Shiano had to step back, too. Yeah. Okay, in fairness, Shiano had to step back, and too. And by the way, so, uh, you know, and, and we, love Greg Shiano. we love Greg Shiano, and he did tremendous work on the banks. And he had some flashes, and he recruited flashes. the heck out of Florida. But basically, he had yeah. flashes. Yes. Right. This is a tough job. And Ash, they just Ash went has got into, Sweden covered, by the way, but go on. They just. They just entered a few years ago one of the toughest conferences, maybe not as tough as everybody thinks because it's so top-heavy, but they entered one of the toughest conferences in America mm-hmm. ill-prepared to no do so. No question about that. No and so Chris Ash, I don't know you if know? he should walk the plank because after the arrow going up last year, now it certainly has been driven into the ground, although who knows what tomorrow or next week might bring. I'm not ho- having any hope for the last yeah. four games. But – the arrow decidedly is shooting down. I just, I just don't know how do you how do you judge I him think, at this point. I, I think, think you got to give him another year. If you were going to go the way of a new coach, it would have to be somebody that has had success somewhere that's got some credibility. Unlike Chris Ash, who was up in the booth at Ohio State, you know, just moving around the chess pieces of guys that were all going to be playing on Sundays and first round draft picks. So that to your point, Matt, that. 
going to get blown out of here in a couple of years. It would be somebody that maybe has a little bit, but then who is that guy and why is he going to want to come to Rutgers and Bingo. put, his, put his, uh, his cred on the line? But so I, I would have to think that at some point, you know, I keep bringing up what happened at Kansas State or what happened at Connecticut and basketball-wise. There's got to be some person that could come in and awaken this, this slumbering mm-hmm. giant because there's athletes well, you look all at, over the state of New Jersey and in Pennsylvania and New York that could be playing here and could be succeeding here. I mean, the one thing that Eric told us about the the game plan that when, when Eric Schiano uh, or when Greg Schiano went in and recruited him, remember what he told them? He said something like, hey, this is our hometown. This is our home state. Let's be proud of this. Let's build something here. We'll be chopping wood together. And, you know, that really burned in Eric's ears, and that made him want to come here. Mm-hmm. They need to find that guy. Who yeah. it is and where he is, is he even born yet? We don't know, but that's what they need. And I think if they could find that guy, they could, listen, they're not going to beat Michigan and Penn State and, and, and these big Ohio State year in and year out. But as Matt said, they have to beat these other middling teams. They have to beat them. They can't be losing at home by 30 points. Because that's how you're measured right now. You're measured off of these middling teams. So that, and, so, and if it's and, instant and success, that, right. if, if it's either instant success or instant failure that we're judging him by, then fire him. But right. I'm telling you, and I don't know that he's any good. I've said I don't know if he's a good coach. All I know is if that's how you're going to judge success, then more often than not, you're going to start at square one. Yeah, but I mean, but again, well, why were there no hard times? Why no hard we, times? Oh no, there's but there's been hard times. I mean, last year, the first year, that's was all a, there is. His first year was horrible. But did you know is what it, he had? Yeah, do you understand? Do you uh, and you speak like a true fan, which is great. You you will not acknowledge how behind oh, no. the opponents Rutgers is in the Big Ten. Oh, there's no question that they way had, behind. Yeah, they're way way behind. I understand that, and I understand. And look, I, I'm, I don't go. I'm not going to season one. I mean, look, I understood what he had, but then he built on that to a four and eight season. Now we're taking a. Rutgers, I say we. Rutgers is taking a big step back. Again, I have that mouse in my pocket. That's good. Rutgers is taking a big step back. No and, question. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not just what's going on on the field, Matt. And you alluded to this. You know that stoic personality. The uh, you know the uh, the um, po- the press conferences. You know where he's. You know he seems to be miffed on, on what's going on. He does, and and there's not enough fire going on there. Yeah. I don't like his body language on the sideline. I mean things I like that that, yeah. you, that I'm reading I into agree. that are concerning. Now I didn't pull the plug. I'm just saying that I'm starting to lean like a lot of the fan bases. It's like because again. It, it, again, and it, it's been a vicious cycle for years for Rutgers, man. How do you get recruits to come there when you got no one in the building and the product on the field is not getting it done? I mean, and and you know, and, and so what? Did, what has to happen is they have to be coached up. They have to be coached up. How does Appalachian State go into State College and almost beat the, the Nittany Lions? How does that happen? I guess Penn State you know, takes them a little bit lightly. No, look, and, and they, had, they had some skill positions, but they and I, I get it. It's, it's completely they had a lot of players that played together for a long time, a system, what have you. But they right. were coached up, man. They were coached up, no and, and I know, I, I know that that's a special situation and special coaches, and and there's only so many of them. And you know, I understand the circumstances around that. Um, it, you know, like you can't snap your fingers and some magic happens. I mean, and and that's kind of what Rutgers fans are probably, you know, wishing for now. 
Sure. <laughs> Look, what would the what would have been the best, uh, assuming that Rutgers, you know, wasn't going to beat any of the biggies, right? Six and six. Everybody looked at the schedule and said, "Well, they can win six games and get into a bowl." They're far from it. I understand that. Six and six was the goal. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, understand where, the, where everything is. Here's at. another problem with two Matt is that the trap is that everybody looked at this schedule this year sure. and said, this is the year and that they all... can get to six games and get to a bowl game. And after winning four last year, you know, the fan base was fired up. Absolutely. Me included. Absolutely. Me buying in totally. And 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 you know what? Uh, Sitkowski coming to the school, big-armed kid, uh, with the weapons they had coming back, some speed, this, that, and the other thing. I think everyone got too giddy. And there may be coaching issues. Mm-hmm. But I still think you got to give them another full year. You got to give them another full year. And in fairness, in fairness, I said they don't have to go to a bowl game to have success this season. I just thought if they can build on what they had, the four and eight season, if they can build on that, I mean that that was enough for me. Um, I wasn't expecting a step back, and that's yeah, it was wishful thinking at this point. You, you know, know, it's this just this is where they are right now, going into the meat of the of the schedule here. And like I said, we, we're looking at a potential of six blowouts coming up here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, six blowouts, and and they're one in five. <laughs> well, to, oh, yeah. Okay, to put a bow on this, I think at the end of the day, and it was a no brainer move. They had to accept the invitation to the Big Ten, but the university put their coaches. And at a, at a disservice because yeah. they just can't really compete with the upper echelon. But look at guys. Look and at, we're finding out that they can't compete mm-hmm. with the middlings either. It shows you just well, how this year, more about yeah. some of their programs but are. But we can open up that big can and, and talk for another half an hour about that. You know, who was the guy who paved the way into the Big Ten? It was Tim Pernetti. And then he had the huge thing where he got canned over the Mike Rice thing. And it all, it all tumbled down from there. And they just weren't prepared. He had a plan. He's gone. Julie Herman comes in. They were not prepared to go into the Big Ten. Bottom line. Not only that, they're not getting any money either. So they bring in Chris Ash, and you know the football factory in Ohio State. You know, co not even a full uh, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator rather, a co defensive coordinator. Right. Okay. They bring him in, no head coaching experience, and he's he's taking his lumps on the job. Um, he's done some good things, no question about it. But I mean, right now the product is just really tough to swallow. Yes, it is. No one's at the games. I'm there. No one's there. I mean, in Illinois, that was just an awful uh, uh, afternoon. So, what uh, happens in College Park on Saturday? What what uh, what do we think is going to happen there? Will there be some improvement? You know, here's the thing: Maryland was supposed to have the mess of the season, right, with the Durkin problems, yeah, uh, the unfortunate death of one of their players. Terrible. Um, yeah, it was it was horrible, and and he's still on suspension. But they're three and two. They beat Texas, who was a top twenty five team. Yes, they're at home. They and, uh, by the way, the same same situation. Too. Yeah, they had a lead against them. Yeah, they hung in there. Same situation. Rutgers has. I mean, they don't, they don't draw their bird stadium. I mean, you know, no one comes out to the football games. Because they're, they're, they're not still, very good they're either. They're a basketball I mean, nobody school. Nobody cares about some So of it's these not sports. like it's gonna have, they're going to have this huge home field advantage. But I think at this point, with, with Rutgers as broken as they are, mm. look, it's it, it opened up at 21 and a half. It's now at 24. No one believes in them. And, and they only covered once with Indiana. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I, how, how can you expect them to go into Maryland and be successful. I mean, I, I don't know where to go with that. It's, well, all I can say is maybe they'll cover. That's it. 
I mean, you saw flashes of uh, ability with Sikowski, flashes of what moving the ball and, and what he can do. You, you, you're seeing that. But the defense is so bad. Yeah. The defense is so bad. It is. Even against Illinois, who actually is running the ball pretty well this year. But still, I mean, huge it's plays, a huge I mean, plays. 73-yard runs, 41-yard runs. I actually stayed to the end. I just, you know, I just You're stayed just to the end. You're just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Until that run, uh, to end it. I mean, it, they they had to hold him, and they still had a possibility. And the guy just, I mean, boom, right into he's, he was right into the secondary and gone. Can I it, ask it, you a question? Why don't they just to switch to the offensive side of the ball for a, for a minute? Sidkowski looked so comfortable in the two minute drill that ended the first half. He was hitting everybody. He was nine for nine. Mm-hmm. They went right down the field. Yeah. He hits Volkolek in the in the corner mm-hmm. for the touchdown. Who looked nice too. That was another positive of that game. That was great. Come yeah. out and run the two minute offense. I mean, he looked terrific. Yeah. I, I, Why don't they go back to that? I mean, at least try it. There's a lot of things that you can dissect with the whole uh, w- w- with the game. Um, but uh, again, the key is they ran the ball down Illinois' throat last year, and they couldn't run at all. Yeah, especially can't in between the it, tackles, can't stop it. Recipe um, which was the, which was the difference in the games, and um, and and Illinois was able to run. As simple as that, and we'll just go back to how I started all this. That both lines are not good; they're not run blocking well. The offensive line is not run blocking well. They're not really protecting Sikowski all that well, and the defensive line and the defense in general. It's it, it, miffed. All these huge plays. I mean, that's Terps the win one big. thing. Yeah, hey, look. It's going to happen. How, how can I argue with you? Yeah, it, Matt it, Canada's it, done a nice job. That yep. you know, um, I mean, they're three and two. It's not like they're world beaters. Uh, they lost to Temple, by yeah. the way. Yeah, they so uh, yeah. you but know they beat the, Texas. Yeah. Too, no, they did. They beat Texas. Yeah, no, no, that's the only loss I think Texas uh, has. While we're right. on it, real quick, uh, Durkin and it's uh, homecoming. The, the uh, decision on Durkin is coming soon. I mean, w- w- does he have to go? I don't think so, but I don't know all the details mm-hmm. they find out. Look, the the young man's death was a tragedy. It's no question. And uh, the head of a corporation is the one responsible for the corporation's behavior. So maybe from that standpoint, he has to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some there has to be some other things that are coming up because it seemed like it could have been a really easy cut and dried situation. Well, well they're done with their reason. investigation in Maryland next week, so they're going to. Uh, yeah, talk but like, about why that. did they even want an investigation? I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, yeah. no one, with the possible exception of a handful of people in the DJ Durkin family, uh, and maybe a few boosters mm-hmm. as well, would have been upset if the university president stood up there and said, "A young man died under our watch." Uh, We've had some complaints about this strength and conditioning guy, which they got uh, rid of. Is that enough? Right. Well, I don't know, but no one would have barked if they said, and by the way, we're relieving DJ Durkin of his duties and Matt Canada is the interim coach and we will begin a search for a new head coach. Mm -hmm. If they had said that a month ago, nobody would have said boo. For some reason, they didn't. Maybe because they don't want to be on the line to pay Durkin? Oh, I don't think they care. I think think it might, not that it's not his fault again. You're the chairman of the board. What happens under your, uh, under your, control mm-hmm. uh or even if it's not in your control you're responsible for but there has to be something mm-hmm. else and yes it was a tragedy uh unfortunately young men die in the summer workouts in football all across the country doesn't minimize the shame doesn't mm-hmm. minimize uh you know the hurt or the pain that that family the mcnair family is feeling right. but it does happen and did he die because of circumstances beyond a coach's control? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But there's you. something, ha- there's some reason why they haven't done it. 
I spent a summer down in the Maryland area. I lived in College Park for a summer. This is back in 1990, and I tell you, it was the hottest summer I have ever yeah. dealt with in my life. It was so bloody humid and so hot down there. So yeah. I can only imagine, I mean, this was a big man, and mm. um, summer practices are tough. They really yeah, are tough. It's real, real it's shame. such a tragedy. But... Back to the football game, Maryland big. I agree with Matt. What are you thinking, Johnny? Same thing. How yeah, else I mean, can you think differently, you right? Know, unless I yeah. see something different, you know? It's yeah. one of these things where I've seen this movie before and I know how mm-hmm. it ends. I just think the defense isn't going to be able to stop them. Well, Simply, the, it's not going to be able to stop yeah, them. Yeah. And that that's the way it's... Uh, I mean, this series has been crazy. The yeah. games have been wild, mm-hmm. so anything can happen. I mean, sure. if, look, if Maryland doesn't come out tomorrow and put its stamp on the game early or try to, then they give Rutgers mm-hmm. reason for hope. So... Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think yeah. it's it's Maryland's game. And we'll have um, Eric Legrand back next week. Be good to catch up with uh, Eric. Uh, it's been a, been a couple weeks, so uh, I'll get his take on on what's going on. And yeah, we'll, he's got we'll, a lot yeah. on his plate too. Yeah, he's a we'll, very busy man. He is, and we'll um, we'll uh, we'll certainly talk to him and catch up uh, on this season uh, for sure. And, and that'll do it for this week's RU review. It's brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. Steve Titchener, Matt Lachlan, John McAlevey. We'll be back next week again with Eric LeGrand. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye.